morning. I want to invite you to take God's Word and turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, so good to be with you today. My name is Jarrett Stevens, and I have the privilege of serving as the pastor here at Champion Forest, and this is my first week to officially preach here at Jersey Village. Glad to be here. And uh, I told uh, the church and some others recently, I said, you know, in January, so my family and I, we just moved here in January. I said, my goal in January is to not get lost on my way from the house to the church, all right? And so we got that. And then in February, I wanted to be on the campuses at least once and would have accomplished that had that ice storm not happened. That kept me out of Conroe. I was actually here twice on a Wednesday night and met some of you. If I haven't met you, I really look forward to meeting you. You know, my spiritual gift, I tell people, is hanging out, all right? That's my spiritual gift. And I hate I'm not going to get to hang out after the services today because I've got to jet back to Champions to teach at 1045. Uh, but I do look forward to getting to know you. Uh, April, uh, my March and April, my goal is to just meet in as many small groups as possible, and I'm continuing to try to do that. And uh, just really grateful to be here. Uh, Brother Ed Lara was in our last service, uh, in the chapel service. He was on the search committee that helped bring me here, and just a joy getting to know Ed and Peggy through the process, and got to know Miss Parks as she served on our personnel committee. And so uh, I'm just grateful uh, to be able to open up God's Word with you today. Just to tell you a little bit about me, uh, I'm originally from Louisiana. Uh, I, my, my, my parents and my grandparents are from Mississippi, and I went to school in Arkansas, all right? So I say, I say all that to say I'm never the smartest person in the room, all right? That's what that means. Uh, but uh, spent the last 20 years in Dallas, and then me, along with my wife, Debbie, of 18 years, uh, we moved here. We have four little girls, all right? So I've got a 15-year-old, uh, not so little anymore, 15, 13, and two nine-year-old girls, all right? So I'm the president of my own sorority house. Uh, wouldn't have it any other way. I love these girls, but they're turning my hair gray, y'all. I'm just telling you. Uh, these, these girls are amazing. Uh, I went for that, that third one to be a boy, and God gave me two more girls out of the deal, all right? And I, I didn't even ask him. This is a lesson, all right? This ain't the sermon, but you can put it in your notes. You have not because you ask not, all right? I, I just assumed God was going to give me at least one boy, maybe even even out the deal with two. I didn't even bother praying for it. He gave me two more girls, and I love those little girls. They got their daddy's heart and uh, manipulating me already at, you know, nine years of age. But uh, Romans chapter 8 is where we're going to be. And I'm so grateful to be able to be with you on the start of this new series called Resilient. And if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes throughout this process. Uh, the title of the message today is Stronger Than Ever. Uh, really grateful as well. Uh, be remiss if I didn't mention just uh, uh, the team uh, mate and partner that Pastor Avery Lamel has been to me as I'm getting to know him and uh, just so grateful to fill uh, the pulpit that he's usually preaching in on a week-to-week -week basis. And he's been such a, a great friend and um, listening to Amber lead us in worship and been hosted today by Brother Leonard. I mean, there's so many uh, people that have just been so good and kind and the church has been gracious and uh, really grateful that I'm able uh, to fill uh, Pastor Avery's shoes today, which are some big shoes to fill. I'm going to be with him tomorrow. I'm preaching at a chapel at ETBU in East Texas where his son is. And he's going to come meet me there. And so we're looking forward to having a good time tomorrow at East Texas Baptist University. All right. So here's the title of the message, Stronger Than Ever, Romans chapter 8. Now, this past year, no doubt about it, has been incredibly tough. Not just for our nation, but really the entire world. No one could have imagined what all we were going to be having to go through 
as COVID-19, this worldwide pandemic, hit to date out of the 219 countries and territories that even report numbers, 2.9 million people have died as a result of this horrendous virus. In the United States alone, uh, the numbers are at 560,000 plus deaths. To bring it closer to home, we've had family members in our church that have lost loved ones due to COVID. Uh, I lost one of my closest mentors in life to COVID. As a matter of fact, on the day that I was preaching in view of a call, I got the text message uh, that one of my mentors had gone to be with Jesus. And I just talked to him earlier that week, and he was saying, Jared, pray for me, man. This thing's giving me fits. And just a few days later, he would go into the arms of Jesus. COVID has wreaked havoc on our communities and communities just like ours. It's stoked the fires of fear in people. It's left people grieving, many of which were not even able to be at the bedside of their loved one or host a memorial in their honor. This is one of the reasons that we decided as a church that we were going to host this COVID service of remembrance on April 18th. We thought, you know what, what would exemplify the tender heart of Jesus and the care and compassion he showed people if we just opened up our, uh, our worship center and we're going to be able to spread out and socially distant, invite the community in, and we're just going to sing songs of faith. We're going to hear the testimony of a family in our church who lost a loved one due to COVID. And it's not just for those that lost one due to COVID, but maybe during COVID and weren't able to have a memorial service. I'm going to preach a message of hope, and then they're going to be able to light a candle and just lay it on the altar in their loved one's memory. It's going to be a great event. If, if you know of anybody uh, that might need to be a part of something like this, uh, please help us get the word out. Our goal is that in some small way we can bring hope and healing to many people who are struggling and grieving in this time, because again, it's been tough. You add all that's gone on as a result of the pandemic, with the political divide that we experienced in this last election cycle, along with the racial injustices that our nation has been through just in this past year. And I'm telling you, the grief, the anger, the worry, the sense of loneliness and fear, it's at an all-time high in our society. And I believe as a church... We have an obligation to speak to the mental and emotional health issues of our day from a biblical standpoint. Now, I realize these are very complex emotions that we're talking about and dealing with. And as people, we are complex individuals. And so there's no way that in a 35-minute message that we can unpack all there is to know about these subjects. And so just a few disclaimers here as we get going. And again, this message is an introductory message that's just going to set us on our journey over the next several weeks looking at some of these mental and emotional health issues. First, I'm readily admitting that I am not a licensed professional counselor. And over these next few weeks, neither is Pastor Avery for that matter, and we've talked about this. Uh, this hour, this time allotment that we have together, it's not going to be a therapy program. That's not the point of this series. The point of this series is to look at these issues from a biblical worldview and offer the hope and healing that we believe comes in the person of Jesus Christ. That being said, just setting the expectations up, if you do want to go deeper into any of these subjects that we tackle, 
We have put on our website, champion for us forward slash resilient, a resource page that you can go to. This was put together by licensed professional counselors on our staff, as well as seasoned pastors who have plenty of counseling in their background. And we've got a list of resources, books that you can look at, articles that you can go to, uh, organizations that you can go to. We have our staff, our counseling staff, their names and contacts information numbers on there in case you want to go any deeper into what we're talking about. And I want to say, I am a fan of biblical counselors. Uh, I believe in those uh, who are trained professionals, some of these emotions that we discuss in these series, I mean, for some, they run deep. There's a lot to them. Layers and layers and layers and on top of the biblical advice and counsel we give, the best thing that some can do who are struggling with these types of things is to go see a licensed professional. Go see a biblical counselor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Get the help you need. We know that there are biological and physiological contributing factors that play a part in some people's lives, and we don't for a second trivialize or minimize the help that God has graciously given us in medicine. And so the point is, the point is, I hope that this series will encourage our entire church, Jersey Village, North Klein, Champions, Conroe, I hope it will encourage our entire church to get the help they need, whatever the help may be, and not feel ashamed about it or embarrassed about it. At the same time, at the same time, there are many that don't need medication, don't need counseling for some of these mental and emotional struggles of life. What many need is just a good come to Jesus meeting. And that's what I'm hoping that we have here in this hour. Romans chapter 8, let's dive in. I love this chapter in the Bible. Maybe my favorite chapter in the Bible. One commentator I read this week said this, if the Bible is a ring and the book of Romans is a precious stone, chapter 8 would be the sparkling point of the jewel. The evangelist D.L. Moody, he said, I would rather live in Romans chapter 8 than in the Garden of Eden. Because man fell in the garden, but here we are told we will never fall again. This chapter has two amazing bookends, if you will. In verse 1, it starts with no condemnation. Look at it there. There is therefore now. That's present tense. That means right now, if you're in Christ, five minutes from now, five hours from now, five years from now, 50 years from now, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It ends with another bookend. No separation. That's verses 35 through 39. Look at what the scripture says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, verse 37, we are more than conquerors, hence the title of the message, stronger than ever. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure of this, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now I want you to think about what we just read in verses 1 and verses 35 through 39 from the standpoint of how we deal with our emotions. And I want to put forward this proposition today, that many of us 
struggle and wrestle with worry and fear and shame, loneliness, anger, all of these emotions we're going to deal with in this series, I believe can be traced back at its root to not fully grasping and living in, breathing what we just read in Romans chapter 8. That in Christ there is no condemnation and that in Christ there is no separation. And so I want us to look, three points today. And Again, if you're taking notes, I encourage every time I preach to take notes. You can look at it in your own time alone with the Lord this week. I want to answer in the form of a question these points. We'll answer this question. How can we come back? Stronger than ever from these mental and emotional health issues that can sometimes be so devastating in our lives. How can we come back stronger than ever? Number one is this. Think position. Think position. Every point I make this morning is going to start with that word, think. Matter of fact, just say it with me. You ready? Think. When I was a little boy, my dad was a brick mason. He went to school, Louisiana College, and played football there, got his English degree to teach school, but found out pretty quickly that laying bricks provided for the family a little bit more. So for 40 years, he laid bricks, carpenter by trade. Oftentimes, I'd be out there helping him. I didn't do much, but get in the way. But he would help me something, teach me something. He'd say, now, Jarrett, I need you to put your thinking cap on right here. I never knew what that meant, but... As I've gotten older, what was he telling me? Pay attention. What I'm about to tell you is important. You're going to have to wrap your mind around these things. Put your thinking cap on. All of these points I'm going to make today involves our minds. Our minds play a critical role in how we deal with our emotions. Now, to be clear, I'm not suggesting that what we're struggling with is only in our mind. But I am telling you, that the battlefield for our life is mostly in our mind. When I was a freshman at Washita Baptist University, I had a college professor. I'll never forget the first time I heard that your battle is the your mind is the battlefield for your life. My Christian studies professor walked in. He was talking to a bunch of us preacher boys. We were just starting out, freshmen in college, and he said, "Gentlemen, the battle for your life." Is your mind. If Satan can win the war in your mind, he's got you beat. And I don't know why that statement struck me. I don't know why it stuck with me, but all these years, I'm telling you, that statement is very true. Let me work it out like this for you. See, for Christians, and that's who I'm talking here to today here. If you're here today and you're outside of Christ, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, we're glad you're here. But the message and the hope that we're talking about today, the help that we're giving, it really only is for those who have placed their faith and trust in Christ. I mean, our help ultimately begins by turning the lordship and leadership of our lives over to him. This is where it starts. And so for a Christian, when we enter into a relationship with Christ, our position changes uh, instantaneously. We go from being what the Bible calls a son or daughter of darkness to a son or daughter of light. We go from being a child of wrath to being a child of God. Instantaneously, we are changed. It's a miracle. It's why it's called being born again. And when we're born again, 
God gives us a new heart. He gives us a new mind. He gives us a new identity. We become a new creation in Christ. However, that new heart, that new mind, that new identity still lives in an old sinful nature. We have three enemies and the Bible teaches us. Three enemies. The first one is what I would call, I'll put them on the screen for you, the world system. 1 John 1, 9, you can write that verse down, look at it later, but it says the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and pride in life is from the world. This is the world system. It's an enemy to us. Second enemy is that sinful nature or the flesh. They're used interchangeably in Scripture. Always uh, Romans chapter 7 precedes Romans chapter 8. You look at that, Paul says, I do the very things I don't want to do. When I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. He wrote that 20 plus years after following Jesus. He had a new heart. He had a new mind. But he had this old flesh that was always trying to bring him down. Third enemy was the adversary, Satan himself. And these three enemies want us to live in discouragement and despair. They want us to mope around in defeat. And they want us to live off of how we feel rather than the truth of God's word. And that's why I say we have to think position. Because what these enemies want is for us to forget, neglect, or at a very minimum lose sight of who we are in Christ. They want us to not think about that. Instead, they want us thinking about mistakes we made, what we did, what we feel, living off of our emotions rather than the truth of God's word. And I want you to think about how these enemies make their appeal to us. Every single one of them, for the most part, make their appeal through our mind. And that's why Paul is going to tell us, Peter's going to tell us, Romans chapter 6, verse 17, put on the Full armor of God, starting with the helmet of salvation. Protect that mind. Peter says, prepare your minds for action. I mean, this is warfare that we're involved in. Paul's going to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Our mind helps us engage in warfare. And it's our mind being in the game that is going to help us constantly think about our position, who we are in Christ, instead of living off our emotions and feelings and what somebody has done to us or said to us. This is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8. Look at verses 5 and 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, the sinful nature. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. I've asked this question to preteen students, and I'll ask it to you. It's very simple. Do you want corruption and death, or do you want life and peace? It's an easy choice. And the Scripture says the way you get life and peace which I want you to think about what the enemy robs us from every single day. You want life and peace. He says, you've got to give your mind to the things of the Spirit. See, the reality is, many of us are not experiencing 
life and joy and peace, but instead, worry, fear, and anxiety. It has got a stranglehold on our life because our mind is not on our position of who we are in Christ. But instead, it's on something that we've done that we can't get past, something that was done to us that we can't get over, a circumstance that God has allowed in our life that we think is too much. And what happens is if we are not careful, we will begin to think and dwell on choices and consequences of choices we made, what people did to us instead of the truth of God's word. We begin to concentrate more on what we feel rather than who we are. Let me, let me give it to you like this in an image. When I walk with people and disciple them, one of the very first lessons, probably in the first three weeks, is I'll, I'll pull up this train. You see this train right here? What's driving that train is fact, truth. What's on the caboose? Feelings. Now our feelings, our emotions... They're not, not legitimate. What you're feeling, what you're going through, we're not lessening that. The point we're making today is you can't let those feelings and emotions drive the engine of your life. If you do, your life is going to look like an EKG heart chart. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Why? Because feelings and emotions, they come and go. What is constant never changes. It's the truth of God's word. And so we let the truth of God's word drive the engine of our life. Um, if I lived off of feelings, I'd be 350 pounds right now, all right? Because I'm always feeling hungry. But we live off of truth. And so it becomes a question. When I talk about thinking position, it really becomes a question of who are we listening to? Are we listening to the world system? sinful nature the flesh the lies of the enemy or are we listening to the truth of God's word this is why time alone with him is so very important it's why every single day we wake up with God's word in a notebook and we journal out what God's teaching us and we pray and we take in God's word this is where we, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2, renew our minds so that we can think position. So that we don't think about the lies of the enemy. We don't fall prey to the world's system. We don't focus on the feelings that the flesh would love to have us dwell upon. Again, not saying they're not legitimate. I'm just saying we don't let them drive the engine of our life. We are not what we feel. We are who God says we are in Christ. And if you read Romans chapter 8, what you will find is, according to verses 15 and 16, you, if you are in Christ, you are a son and daughter of God. If you read Romans chapter 8, you see in verse 17, you are an heir of Christ. In verses 29 and 30, you have been predestined. You are justified. You will be glorified. Talk about your position. This is who you are. Verse 37, more than conquerors. 
You think on these things long enough, and I promise you, you will not be led astray or held captive by your emotions. You can come back stronger than ever when you think about your position, who you are in Jesus Christ. Second, think perspective. Think perspective. I've counseled a lot of people through the years. People who have been abused. Like me, I was sexually abused between the ages of 8 and 12 by a little league coach. Never told anybody until I was 19. And you talk about people who are angry, taken advantage of, purity was stolen. I've met with people who have so much shame over something they did. They can't get past it, can't forgive themselves. Or over what someone did to them. Never been able to get over it. Never been able to move on. I talk with people who are worried. I mean, if they don't find something to worry about in one or two days, they get worried that they're not worrying about something. (laughs) Where do these emotions come from? I mean, as Christians, we believe that God created us knit us together in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Did he really make us to live in worry? To live in fear? To be overwhelmed with guilt and shame? Did he make us to live like that? No, of course not. These things didn't even exist in the Garden of Eden. In fact, when we talk about shame here in a few weeks, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. And what does the scripture say? They were naked and not ashamed. When did they become shame? When they sinned against God. That's what this is rooted in. We didn't even see anger until Genesis chapter 4. Cain kills Abel because of jealousy and anger. These emotions came as a result of sin. And here's what it points to. All of these emotions, when we think about our perspective, all of these emotions point to the fact that every single one of us, because all of us experience these emotions from one time or another, it shows us the fact that we're broken and that we need God. I mean, we come in here, and you look good, all right? I do too, all right? We look good, don't we? And look, look at the person to your right, look at the person to your left, say, you look good. You look good. See, you do. You look good. And we're good, at, we're good at putting on a show, too. But the reality is, on the inside, we're all struggling. We all have issues. That person you just said that you look good, just tell them say you have issues, don't you? You do. Yeah, see, we all have issues. No doubt about it. And these issues... A result of sin. Look at verses 18 through 23. For I consider, this was perspective for Paul, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I mean, we could stop right there and just say whatever it is you're feeling, whatever it is you're going through, it's for the present time. It's not always going to be. It's not always going to be. That's a perspective changer for us. And having that perspective is going to lead here to the end of this chapter. It says hope. Let's continue reading. Verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. 
For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom and the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. What, what that means is, if you struggle with worry and fear and anxiety and loneliness and anger, that doesn't mean something's wrong with you. That just points that something is broken in all of us that should drive us to Jesus. Ultimately, it's not going to be fixed finally and fully until he returns. And so until that time, again, we think about our perspective on these issues. Instead of letting them overwhelm us and discourage us and get us to the point of despair because we think something is wrong with us, instead, we look at it from the perspective of, yes, we are broken, and it leads us, it fuels our dependence on God, which leads to hope. It leads to hope. Now, again, when you're in the middle of it, this is hard to do. When you're in a situation or circumstance that's throwing you a curveball, causing you worry, causing you fear. I mean, this pandemic, it's hard to not be fearful when you're in the middle of it. It's like telling you not to think of a purple elephant, right? What are you going to think of? Purple elephant. So it's not enough to just say, don't do it. What I am saying is, as we give our minds to Scripture, we begin to think about our position, who we are in Christ. And by God's grace, that influences our perspective as to why we're feeling a certain way at any given moment. And again, these emotions don't lead us to despair. They lead us, according to verses 24 and 25, to hope. Hope. That's what we need. That's why we're seeing so many suicides so much more alcohol and drug abuse why is it skyrocketing during this pandemic it's because people are losing hope and we as christians we ought to look at these things and again let it drive us closer to jesus not further away think position think perspective Third and finally, think promise. Think promise. I was taught early on in my discipleship process that this Bible is a, a treasure map. And you ought to look for certain treasures in it. Now, if I was to give you a treasure map and say, go find the treasure, that's going to be the first question. What am I looking for, right? Well, let me give you some things to look for as you study God's Word, as you look to God's Word. Let me just give them to you. They'll be on the screen. One, commands to obey. There, there's some things the scripture says, black and white, do this, don't do that. Write them down. This is a command. Sins to forsake. Like, don't do this. Watch out for this. Flee sexual immorality. It's black and white. Write it down. Blessings to enjoy. I mean, Romans 8 is one big blessing to enjoy. Examples to follow. Teachings to learn. Sometimes we read things, we just glance past and go, I don't understand that. Too deep for me. And we just read it. We're missing stuff. Asterisk it. Go back in your own time alone with the Lord. Study it. Finally, promises to claim. So many promises in Scripture. I mean, if you struggle with worry, anxiety, 
I challenge you to look up the promises that God has for you in Scripture and start letting those wash over your life and see what happens. If you have fear, I don't know if it's true, it's been said, there are 365 fear knots in the Bible, one for every single day. Read those promises on those fear knots. And let God's word wash those fears away. Grief, the same thing. Shame, the same thing. I'm telling you, if I, if I was walking with you and you were struggling in any of these, wrestling with any of these emotions, I would tell you, take Romans 8. Just take Romans 8. And find the promise that goes with your struggle. You say, Jared, I'm worried. I, I don't know what to do about this. I don't even know how to pray for this. I'd say, great. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. That's a promise for you. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we ought to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You're worried? Let the Spirit of God pray for you. You just sit in silence before him. Or maybe if you're fearful, something regarding your finances not adding up or a breakup in a relationship, and you're fearful. I hope you'd find the promise of Romans 8, 14, and 15. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I tell you, what do you fear? You've got a God who's your Father. Perfect Father. Loves you, promised to provide for you. Promised he'd never leave you. Struggling in grief, don't know why God has allowed this particular trial in your life, this loss in your life. I'd point you to the promise of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. You don't stand on your feelings, you stand on the promises of God. Drowning in shame, can't forgive yourself. I'd say read verse 1 and don't leave it. Until you believe it, until you live in it. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Lonely. Feel like nobody look, looking after you, nobody cares for you, you're forgotten. I just say, look at verses 35 and 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, even when you don't feel it. We're just saying, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, you're working. You're the way maker. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. You want to come back stronger than ever. Let's think, position, who we are in Christ. That, let that drive the engine of our life. Not what we feel, not what we've done, not what someone did to us. Our position, who we are in Christ. Think perspective. It's not always going to be this way. This is a present suffering. God's going to one day make all things right. And in the meantime, we're not going to let these things drive us to despair, but rather we're going to let them drive us to Christ. Think promise. Count them one by one. 
and you see if confidence and courage don't well up within you, strengthen you on this spiritual journey. Amen? Amen. I want us to pray together. And we're going to have a song, and then Pastor Leonard will close us out. Thank you for allowing me to be here today to preach your word, preach God's word. I'm going to step out after I pray and get the champions. But God bless you. I want us to pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so very much for your word. Lord, thank you for speaking to our hearts today. I pray, God, for anybody struggling with these emotions of life, that, Lord, they would turn to you. God, I pray they'd stand on your truth, not on what they feel, not on what they're going through. God, I pray that you give them hope. And Lord, I pray that in you, Christ Jesus, in you, we can come back stronger than ever. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Let's stand together as we sing. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.